Well, the ANZ Premiership has been dealt uh, some plenty of challenges this year around the, log- the logistics of the whole deal, but through all the COVID-delayed games and the resulting condensed schedule, the regular season will soon make way for the final series due to start next Wednesday. But before that happens, the Northern Stars will play tonight and tomorrow. The Mystics and the Poles clash on Friday to decide who goes straight through to the grand final. Joining us now uh, is a netball centurion and the host of SENZ Centre Pass and Focus, former uh, netballer, of course, uh, and still current netballer, I think we could probably say, Silverfin. Uh, Storm Purvis is with us now. Storm, good morning to you. Good morning. Definitely not a current netballer anymore. You can drop that one, don't worry. <laughs> oh, the phone call, the phone call, the phone call. I've got a couple, they've got a, d- a double header in the next couple of days, so make sure you turn your phone off. Uh, and that, that's interesting that the, the, we've, got, we've got to this stage of the season where uh, quite, a lot of, quite a lot of those matches still matter, particularly at the top. Well, how exciting that that is the case, because a few weeks ago we thought um, the Mystics were kind of running home with the home final locked in. Of course, an injury to Grace Nwicky has really shaken up the table a bit. Mystics have lost three on the trot now. And the Pulse are sitting in the top spot. So, I mean, you said it before, Smelly, that Friday night game between the Pulse and the Mystics is really, it's all going to come down to that. Of course, we can't forget about the Stars. If they win their next two games over the next couple of days, they also go equal points. So, depending on goal differential and how much they can win by and blah, 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 um, I'm not I'm not down on the mathematics of it all, sorry. But, some, you know, any of those three teams could host the grand final. We still don't know. Um, just three games out. So it's it's pretty exciting that it's come down this way. Okay, let's look, get right down to the nitty-gritty with a text from Pete, who's come straight in, and even before you came to air, has said, lined you up and said, please ask Storm if the Mystics are a one-woman team, beaten by the Stars by 20 goals, including the Stars missing 20 goals. What is, has Pete got a point there? Um, yes and no. I think most of the teams across the country um, when it comes to netball, if you take one of their key players away, they're going to really, really struggle. Um, With that Stars match where they did lose by 20, they also had two players test positive for COVID the next morning. So those two girls were playing with COVID, really, that game. Um, And they're in the midcourt, so the engines of the team really looked out of sorts. Um, You know, I think that made a huge difference to their on-court performance, regardless of Grace Mickey being there or not. But in saying that, you know, the two games before, they lost to the bottom of the table. Magic, um, yeah, they, they're not a one-player one team, but, but it's close. You know, if they had more time, more opportunities to play with this shooting circle uh, minus Grace Mickey, I think, you know, they'd probably still surprise a few people. But at this late stage of the season, where they have spent the last sort of 10 rounds using Grace Mickey to, you know, her strengths and, and really pulling it off really well, it, it was always going to be really tough for them. I think Friday night up against the Pulse will be a really interesting test and I'm quite looking forward to seeing how the Mystics come out and play that. Hopefully they've got a couple of their mid-quarters back. Four of them have since tested Mm. positive for COVID. So I understand that they are coming back, but what sort of state they'll be in, um, it it will be interesting. Yeah, look, it's Grace Mickey, you know. We talk about her constantly in netball circles. So it's not just, you know, one player. It's like the player of New Zealand netball at the moment. So it's a big deal. Um, and I, I feel for them because they have struggled and they'd be the first to admit that, shoot, we didn't quite get our plan B right and I'm hoping that come Friday night uh, we'll see a different Mystic side out there. 
Okay, before we get to the pulse, let's just uh, finish off on a couple of issues about the Mystics. Uh, have we got an, uh, any sort of update on Grace's injury? Uh, when can we expect her to come back? Point one. Point two, Helene Wilson announced a couple of weeks ago that she'd be stepping down as the head coach to go to the high-performance New Zealand sport. Um, so uh, is there a likely candidate straight away in your thinking for the replacement? Well, I'll answer your first question with Grace Wickey. I think... Uh, I think last week they came out and said they're aiming to have her back for the elimination final, which is next Wednesday, the 8th of June. Uh, I will admit that Grace did not fill me with confidence when she was doing this media stand-up. She said that she was still pretty nervous. She was worried about doing extra damage to it. Um, and I'm sure she would have been briefed before that stand-up to not say things like that. So it's clearly still in the forefront of her mind. <laughs> this is a young player who's never had an injury before. So... Um, if I was a defender coming up against Grace Mickey, knowing that she was nervous about her ankle, I'd be trying to get into her head a bit. So uh, whether she's back or not, I don't think makes too much of a difference. It'll be about the mindset that she's in and whether she'll be you know, reaching up for those high balls that she's so good at doing, going for rebounds and whatnot, knowing that she's playing on a pretty ginger ankle. And saying that it is just an ankle sprain, I mean, we do them all the time in netball. You strap them up, they're usually good to go. It's just the fact that it's her first one, um, that it'll be a real stinger, and I mentally it'll play a bigger part than physically. Now, the coach, and the l- in my head... Yeah. Yeah, sorry, what was that? No, no, go far ahead, yep. Yep, so point two, coach. Yeah, Helene Wilson stepping down. Bit of a shock, really, because, you know, she lives and breathes this mystic side and the northern netball region. But uh, good on her for taking this opportunity with high-performance sport, um, leading sort of women's coaches and being that mentor for the women's space of sport in the country. I think she's the perfect person for that role. She's strong. She's direct. um, She's had heaps of experience. So good on her. I'm hoping Timapara Bailey jumps on a plane back from the Gold Coast um, to take up that role. I haven't heard any whispers. I don't have my ear to the ground on that one. But she's currently coaching the um, netball team over there that aligns with the Gold Coast Titans. And it's in their inaugural season. I think she's really enjoying it. So whether she wants to stay over there, um, you know, her son is playing for the Titans. So, you know, that's probably a draw card for her being over in the Gold Coast as well. But I know she's always wanted to be the head coach of an ANZ team. So I'm hoping she would have been one of the first people on that call list to see where her head's at and whether she wants the role. Um, you know, Rob Wright, who's the assistant at the moment, was an obvious candidate as well, someone who would surely you'd think would want to step up. But he's quite happy being the assistant and enjoys being the assistant coach. And I believe he's already signed on to be assistant for next season. So who knows, maybe. I'm, I'm really not sure. And I haven't heard a single thing... I've got no goss to tell you, sorry. Okay, let's uh, look at uh, what's left in terms of uh, this championship. We're, we know what the games are. We'll just, for the folks at home, uh, I'll just reiterate the, pol- the points table. The Pulse and the Mystics here, top billing at the moment with 31 apiece. The Stars have a game in hand with 28. And then the Steel, the Tactics and the Magic uh, bring up uh, the bottom three places in the table. Um, and just uh, reiterate, the Stars, the Magic tonight... Uh, the Stars, the Steel, tomorrow night. The Mystics, the Pulse, uh, the night after. And then uh, the big one, Magic and Steel, uh, of course, which becomes a very important one too. Uh, sorry, that one really doesn't matter too much, actually, as I look at it. No, but the other ones are, are very, very important. Now, I, lo- I watched the Pulse game the other night against the Tactics. Um, what impressed me about that was the fourth quarter performance when they, they, they looked like they had the game under control, they lost the lead, and then they showed a sign to suggest they're serious here. Yeah, look, I think they would have been... I was quite shocked to see that the tactics were competing with them as well as they were um, in that sort of 
third quarter, early in that third quarter, and I think that probably put the shit up them a little bit. And, um, you know, they've got some great leaders on court this year. Kelly Jury, who's stepping up in that co-captaincy role, is just having an absolute ripper of a season. And she came through with some um, crucial ball, getting some crucial intercepts in the moments that mattered and really turned it around for them. I think the scary thing about the Pulse, Millie, is that we haven't seen them play a full 60 performance yet to what they're capable of. And if they can make that all click at this business end of the season, then you're right, they are, they are definitely the ones to watch out for. Um, yeah, just I, I was pretty surprised with their performance in the first half of that Tactics Pulse game. So great to see them be able to pull out and, and get away from them. But, you know, that's not going to happen up against the Stars or the Mystics if they've got all their players available. So still some work to do for the Pulse. But if they're all humming at the same time for 60 minutes, then uh, they're pretty scary. How about the shooting end for them? Yeah, I mean, I love the shooting. I mean, Aaliyah Dunn, she's the most accurate shooter in the competition, shooting above 90% pretty much every game. Tiana Matuado, um, young goal attack, who's actually had heaps of experience in this pole side, went away to the steel last year and has come back a, a new and, and improved player. She's sharing that co-captaincy with Kelly Jury and, and relishing that role as well. If anything, I think they are... On the younger side, they can get rattled and th- th- it'll be that area of court where I think it'll come down to come finals time. If um, you know that a few errors start creeping into their game, then they, they don't quite have the nous or the experience to pull themselves out of it quickly. So as I said, if that starts happening in a game against the Stars or the Mystics, they're in trouble. You know, up against Anna Harrison, Phoenix Kartika, these amazing defenders, it, it's going to be a really mm. big challenge for them. They're fun to watch. They really are, Tiana and, and Aaliyah Dunn. Um, but, yeah, it's just about the consistency, I think. Okay, so how do you see this playing out from uh, uh, the weekend onwards there? I mean, this game between the Mystics and the Pulse, uh, with the Mystics uh, up against it with COVID, the Pulse um, are certainly the, the form side in that, in that regard. So how, how do you see it playing out? And then the, can you see the Stars um, blotting the copybook here, upsetting the apple cart? From third. So, yeah, look, I, I think the Pulse are going to win this game on Friday. I think the Mystics just have too many bad cards to deal with at the moment. And um, it'll be an easy win for the Pulse, is what I'm, my head is saying at the moment. The Stars can come in and shake things up. They do have two games. So they can go level with whoever wins that Pulse Mystics game on points if they get two wins. You know, they're playing the Steel and the Magic, two games that they can probably win easily, two teams that are not in finals contention at all. The difference is is the old point differential is really coming into play here because the Pulse sit about 30 or 40 goals ahead, I think, when it comes to the points just. So the Stars need to win by a lot (laughs) um, to really get themselves in contention. So... I guess tonight we'll get our first little taste of whether that's going to happen or not. They are playing the Magic at home. They're going to need to win that game by like 15 or more to really um, ignite that kind of fire and get close to, to taking out that top spot. But my prediction is it'll be um, it'll be a Pulse home grand final and the Mystics and the Stars will play the elimination final next Wednesday at home for the Stars. I think they'll creep just ahead of the Mystics on the table to finish in second. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Right, cool. Okay, let's look forward to uh, post-ANZ Championship, um, which brings us to a, a couple of issues, I guess. Um, w- what about a netball league uh, between New Zealand and Australia? Uh, do we think it's time to uh, resume uh, competition at this level with them? Yeah, I, I would love it to come back, Smithy. I played um, 
gosh, maybe six years in that competition before we um, disconnected. And, you know, I, I loved that competition, the chance to get to go and travel um, across the ditch and, and, you know, measure yourself up against a different style of play, some of the best, you know, shooters and defenders in the world, um, and just shake things up a bit. Look, I, the argument, I guess, is whether us splitting and having our own competition has made New Zealand netball weaker or stronger. The jury's really still out on that. Obviously, we won the 2019 World Cup and shut up a whole lot of the naysayers who thought that perhaps the competition split was a bad move. Um, but we've seen mm. that that's not entirely true, and it, it's given New Zealand netball a chance, and players in this country a chance to go back to what works really well for them and the style of play that you know makes New Zealand um, netballers who they are. We're talking flair and playing the zone defence and all that. They've had the chance to play that week in and week out in our competition and not have to worry about adjusting to play and suit the Aussie teams. So from that point of view, if you're looking at a performance point of view, I'm not sure that it's really needed. Um, as a spectator, now sort of working in the media mm. and following both sports, I would love nothing more than to see a trans-Tasman competition back on our scenes because um, the Aussies do it so well. You know, the Suncorp Super Netball is a great spectacle over there and it would be really awesome to see either more Kiwis over there or, yeah, just invite a couple of Kiwi teams to take part, I think. Um, it would be really good for the, the sport on a global scale. Yeah, I... I Really agree with you there, and I'll tell you one of the reasons I agree with you there, Storm, is because uh, netball fans have been deprived. Uh, you know, and, okay, it's not it's not netball's fault. It, it was a world situation, but um, that's that touch what is no longer with us, and and there's some catching up to do, and I, I think that would be great. And even if you cut it down to, uh, say, a best of five series between the two title holders, or a best of three, or the top four teams, it wouldn't have to be a big competition to spark the interest from the outset. Absolutely, and I think there were talks of that in the past. Like we used to run the Super Club competition, which was a pre-season event where a couple of teams from Aussie would come over and play in a week-long tournament in Nelson, I think. And that was always great, but I, I think there's room to expand that and do a post-season competition. Yeah, top three teams play off over a, a few weeks. Um, and I think, obviously, with this year being a Commonwealth Games year, that's not going to happen. Um, and so that was probably never really talked about. But over the next couple of years, while we're not in pinnacle years of terms in terms of, sorry, netball on the global stage, then absolutely there's, mm. there's got to be room to be able to do that. So I'm hoping something like that is on the cards. Um, in other news, it is great to see Fast Five make its return. That's happening in Christchurch in November, and that is a lot of fun, a really cool watch, and mm. something that will hopefully give um, netball fans here in New Zealand something to get excited about again, to see some true international netball in such a fun format um, in our backyard. So get excited about that. Oh, I'm getting excited about the Commonwealth Games as well. I've got to say, and they're getting ever so close. And of course, uh, the Silver Ferns have yet to uh, finalise their squad. But it was interesting to see and read where uh, Dame Nolene Taurua has fired a warning shot recently that she had hoped top players would be standing out just a little bit more. Do you think that motivates the players to start firing towards the end of the Premier season? As a, a former player, what message would you get from that? Well, I, yeah, she did come out and say that a couple of weeks ago, and I have to say, the likes of uh, Gina Crampton, Maya Wilson for the Stars, they have both stepped up incredibly over the last couple of weeks. So clearly she put some sort of rocket up them, and I know they are in constant communication, so um, whether Knowles was just going easy given the situation with COVID and, and the struggles the teams have had to endure in the early stages of the season, uh, I'm thinking a couple of weeks ago she just had enough and thought, nah, we're too close to the Games now, you guys aren't performing 
um, if you don't start performing, it's going to make it really hard for me to select you. And I think that's really got the shits up a few of the girls because uh, we've seen some great performances from Amelia Onikanasio. You know, she's back playing full games for the Magic, shooting mm. really well. But it, it's been sort of, you know, Gina Crampton and Maya Wilson, who could be our starting goal shoot and wing attack come Commonwealth Games. They've really taken their game to another level over the past couple of weeks. So good on you, Knowles. You've done your job. <laughs> Has indeed, and will continue to do a great job for us. So, but she can't wait to get her hands back on her finalised squad for Birmingham. Storm Purvis, as always, fantastic, uh, enlightening us on what's happening with the ANZ Championship. And let's hope, uh, from the Mystics' point of view, that those girls get healthy real quick because we want to see the best possible players at the right time. Hey, thanks for your time this morning. Awesome. Thanks, Millie.